Wow, good morning. Good morning. So, uh, so my name is James, and my pronouns are who and why. So, <laughs> who am I and why am I here? I was just telling Alex earlier, I was thinking about a phrase, uh, we only have, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. So. But, uh, you know, I was thinking about uh, Patrick two weeks ago, he gave a great message uh, based on uh, courage, and I was thinking I should have taken better notes. But uh, also, uh, last week I thought Justin gave a really excellent message um, about Moses and uh, Sometimes God says no, but God typically says no when we want to do things our way. If we choose to do things his way, like it says in 2 Chronicles 7.14, God says yes. Uh, And also, uh, you know who says yes a lot is Jesus. If you call in the name of Jesus, he always says yes, here I am. So the other thing I have to think about is, is this time that we're living in. It seems to me to be a little crazy, even beyond crazy. But I was thinking, if, if you went back in time through different generations and, and asked people, what do you see as far as hope in the future? And there are probably times when people seemed, they didn't, would not see any hope. Like uh, during the Revolutionary War, if you've ever did a reading on the Revolutionary War, if you read about it not knowing what the conclusion was, all the way through you would say, we're going to lose. And I believe it was God's miracles, just like he did with Israel, that, that gave us that victory. Uh, we had a civil war where our own country was fighting against uh, each other, uh, the north and the south. Over 500,000 people were killed. Did you think people had any hope of a future back then? We had a World War I. The world is at war. How, how discouraging is that? We had a depression where people lost everything they had, their homes, their jobs, they had nothing. And then we had right into that, World War II, uh, went on for years. Do you think people said, yeah, it looks like there's, there's, there's hope out there? Now this period of time that we're living in, I look at it and says there's no hope. <laughs> I mean, I know we have hope in Jesus, but when you look at, I mean, there are, there are polit- political factions that, that run this country and run the world. And they're not running it in a godly manner. They're running it according to their own desires. So it seems to me uh, that we're living in a time of a, a, a great deception. It's always a spiritual battle. And I believe that the evil spirits in this world are deceiving people. They're lying to people. And there is a, a you can't even discuss things based on facts or truth because they've become irrelevant. And do um, you know in some cities you can be fined for misgendering somebody? You could literally be fined. And just to let you know, I do, I, I do identify it as LGTBE, which stands for let's go to bed early. <laughs> so just... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I stole that. It's not, my, it's not original. I stole that. So, uh, but... As, as Rich mentioned, if you remember the last lesson he gave in Jude before he left, uh, it's not about you, it's not about me, and it's not about that crazy world outside. Excuse me. Um, the world will still be out there. Excuse me one second here. I had nothing to click this to. There you go. 
The world will still be out there, so let's leave the world outside. We've come here today to worship God, to lift up our Father in heaven, and to lift up the name of Jesus. And you've already made a decision today to glorify God. As it says in Hebrews 10.25, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. We are here today together to glorify God and to encourage one another just by our being together. And that blesses our Father in heaven because he is watching and he's seeing. You know, I think sometimes when we come to Jesus, we get all excited and then we kind of we fade away a little bit, uh, lose interest. I'm, I'm saying some people. And I think some days, you know, when I stand before Jesus on that day, I want us to have a closer relationship. I don't want him to say to me like he might say to some, like, I remember when you called on me, and I came to you and I saved you, but I haven't heard much from you lately. Where, where have you been? So that is my goal, and that's my objective. If you remember uh, uh, when uh, John uh, was asked by Jesus, do you love me, three times, and he says, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. And so that is the job that we have together, to feed each other. It's not just about me standing here. I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm not special because I'm up here. We, we all, we get together and we, and we love each other, just as uh, Chris said, and we, and, we, and we feed each other. And uh, that encourages each and one of us, but it glorifies God in what we're doing. And so when... The, uh, the theoretic, there was no specific assignment for me to talk about, but I always, I always end up talking about things that I'm already thinking about. And, and a lot of times I find that I end up saying, <laughs> I kind of repeat similar themes whenever I teach, and I guess that's just the way it's going to be. So, um, but, you know, I was, I was thinking about, like, when I first, I got, in July of this year, it'll be a 43, 43 years that I've been saved. And, you know, in the beginning... When, you know, when you come to Jesus and, and you start reading the Bible, it's really, really exciting. But does, does it become less exciting as time goes on? And absolutely not. It's just that my folk is different. Back then, there was so much to learn, so much I didn't know. But now I'm really, really focused in on just having a personal relationship with my God and my Father in heaven and with Jesus. And I have to recognize that there is a difference between God our Father, God the Creator, and God our Father. God the Creator is a holy and a righteous God. And that is, that is His nature. And we have to see that, we have to respect that, and honor Him in that way. If you remember in Isaiah 6-5, Isaiah got a glimpse of the heavenly throne. And, and he was probably a man that, compared to, to me, was a righteous man. He, he could commune with God. God spoke to him. But when he got a vision, he, was, he said, whoa, whoa, I am undone. I'm, I'm so dirty. I'm filthy. And we have to remember not to take advantage of that relationship we have with God, but to honor him in a holy and a righteous way. But um, the fact is that what Jesus did, Jesus, when he hung on the cross, you remember it says, the veil to the Holy of Holies, it was torn from, from top to bottom. And he, Jesus has given us permission to have a personal relationship with our Father in heaven. And 
there's a few examples of, uh, of the relationship that we can have with God. I want to give a few scripture verses before I get into uh, a little deeper there. But in Matthew 6, 9, Jesus was teaching the disciples, and they were, they were always asking him questions, and he was, he was teaching them. And, and one day, one of them asked him, how should we pray? Of course, he gave us the prayer in, in, in Matthew 6, 9, our Father, our Father who art in heaven, our Father. He, God is our Father. And as, as I said, I'm going to talk about that a little bit more deeply. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name, holy is your name. So we need to acknowledge our Father in prayer, to acknowledge who he is and, and, and what he has done for us. In Luke one thirty seven, remember when the angels came to Mary and said, you're going to have, have a child, and she says, how can I have a child, seeing I have not been with a man? And what was the message to her? Nothing is impossible with God. So when we are in, a in, a, in an impossible situation in our lives, we can go to our Father in, in prayer and know that nothing is impossible for him. In John 4.24, it says, God is spirit, and his worship is must worship in spirit and truth. So we have to continually maintain that spirit of holiness that Jesus gave us an example how to live in that holiness because God is, is the Holy Spirit. In Romans 11.33, God is omniscient. It says, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom of God. And, and verse 34 says, who has known the mind of, of the Lord? Now, we think of minds like our minds. God bless us with a, 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 our mind was part of our bodies as part of creation. I don't believe God doesn't have a mind. We, we think. God doesn't think. God knows. God doesn't have to sit down and plan. God knows. This is gonna, this is, I'm going to do this. This needs to be done. But God knows all things. And he knows each one of you, each one of us, where we are, what we're doing. And we can't understand how, how, how big that is. But God knows all things. And he is watching over us. And James 4.8 says he is approachable. And God says, come near to me. Come near to me, and, and I will come near to you. Now, also, God is love. We know that God is pure love, and that is the nature. And we are very fortunate that we have a God that is so loving because he tolerates us so much because of that love. That love gives him the ability to tolerate, and that, that applies to us. And just what Chris was talking about, about loving people, uh, love is, is, is the fruit that helps us to tolerate each other because we all can be intolerable at times. But the love is the key. And God loves us. In, John, in 1 John 4, 15, 16, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God, and so we know and we will not rely on the love God has for us. God is love, yes, but he's also a just God. Because he is a holy and a righteous God, he cannot dwell with sin. And no matter how much God loves us, if we appear to him at judgment day in our sinful flesh, we, we cannot stand in his presence. We'll have to depart from him. That is not because he has decided that he's, he's mean or he's angry like we do in the flesh. He simply is a holy and a righteous God. He is pure. He just cannot dwell with sin. When Jesus hung on the cross, 
and I'm going to talk about the Trinity a little bit. When Jesus hung on the cross, for the first time in that relationship, God could not look upon the body of Jesus because Jesus took all of our sin and Jesus became sin. So what I want, my, my objective really is to talk about our Father in heaven. But I wanted to go back to Genesis 1.1 in the, in the beginning. And I like to think, I like to go back in my mind as far as I can with God because I want to know as much as I can. And a lot of it is not revealed in the Bible. So a lot of it is left to my own imagination. But there had to be a time. It says in the beginning, in the beginning of what? Not the beginning of God. In the beginning, not of eternity, but of the creation of the world. So you have to imagine this. There had to be a time where God existed alone. Now, we, we cannot even comprehend how it is possible that God has no beginning. He, when, when he had to dis- tell uh, his name, what did he say? I am. That, that's the best that we can understand. I am. But if, he, if that was not the case, if God had a beginning or an end, he would not be God. So we don't need to understand that. We just know that it is. God, at a time, was just by himself. And God is complete. He's complete with himself. He doesn't need, he didn't need others or other things to exist. Like we need, we need something to, to relate to. You know, people, house, houses, and things like that. But God was, and again, these are my thoughts. I don't want to say this is not written down somewhere. I just, this is my thinking to draw us into these thoughts. That there was a time when he existed alone by himself. So he could have had anything he wanted. He's God, whatever he wanted. His greatest desire was to be a father. He wanted to be a father. And as I said, I have to use human terms to talk about these things, but God, God doesn't think, that God doesn't plan, God just knows. And what is a heart? We don't know, we say we have a heart to do this, or that we don't, I don't know where the heart is, but God, he's a spiritual being, but he had a heart. And what he said to himself is, I want to be a father. I, that was his greatest desire. Now we know God is a spirit, and again, I wonder how big is God, how, you know, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. It's just something I think about. But we know that when he was thinking about presenting himself in human form, he chose Jesus. And Jesus, who said many times, you see, if you see me, you're, you're seeing the Father. So God, his image in his mind was the image of Jesus, and he sent Jesus. So again, he is a father, and he wanted to be a father of many children. No, no particular amount, just many. In, uh, so in Genesis, as I said, in Genesis 1.1, it says, in the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. And I, I would, I mean, to outline the six days and what he did is just amazing because I said, I don't think God just plans he just knows. Let there be light. You know, let there be waters in the heavens and the waters of the earth. He just spoke, in it, in it, and it was. But in 127, Genesis 127, it says God created the male and female. Now, 
According to the Bible, there are only two genders. I think today the list is up to 153. Seriously. And I don't, I don't even, I don't know how people come up with this stuff. Well, I know how they do because their hearts are, are not, not dissimilar to the time before the flood. I don't want to say it's, I can't say it's as bad as it was then because God looked down from earth and said everything he saw was evil continually. Okay, and Noah and his family are the only ones that were righteous. So he had to, he did, couldn't destroy all life because he didn't want to recreate, but they were the only ones that were righteous. Everyone was doing evil. Now, I, like I said, I can't say that we're there yet, but it certainly appears like that evil is growing stronger and stronger and stronger. And I pray every day that God would help us fight against this evil because I don't know if we're strong enough. It, it, it's, a, it's a thing. But as I said, God created a male and female. Now, when he created Adam, where did Adam come from? The dirt. Now, you know, when you take vitamins, you see all these things, zinc and selenium. And all. These, are, these, are, these are chemicals that are in the dirt. So here's, here's Adam. He's just a form in the dirt. Just a body, nothing, nothing there. But in Genesis 2.7, this is, this is really uh, striking to me. The Lord God for, formed man from the dust of the ground, but he breathed. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. That's where we get life. We are part of God. God's breath lives in us, and he, he has brought us to life. And so when you hear about God wanting none to perish, God's creatures, his creation, they are all his. They have all had that breath of life in him, but some fall, like Satan did. They choose evil, and they choose ways, and God, I think that we don't understand how we can be grieving when, when some people turn to evil, but God loves so much that he wanted all to come to him, all, and that you know, you say you want to do God's will. Uh, his will was to tell people about Jesus because he wanted no one to perish. But as I said, he's a just God and he has no choice. So God's breath is in all of us. And so that's something uh, we should not take lightly. That's, that's, that is our entity, God, God living in us. So why, the question is why the, why the Garden of Eden and why the fall? Well, and again, this is, this is the way I see it, that God's love for his creation was pure. Like, we, we may love people and still, but there's always little, you know, side things. But uh, God's love was pure. He, he loved unconditionally. But that, what would happen if God, his creation, he created, like the angels, the angels were created in his sight. And so when they were created, they saw God. And so, did they love God? Well, they, they see him. There's no, there's no faith. There's no relationship. And I think that, as I said, God determined that there had to be a way to purify our love. And so, this is where I, I, I'm going to talk about the Trinity. And again, these are, all, these are all as I see it, okay? That God is, present, has presented himself to his creation as the Trinity. Now, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all God. God the Father is 100% God. 
God the Son, 100% God, God the Holy Spirit, 100% God. They're not one-third and one-third and one-third. And how we don't understand how that can be. But the Father in heaven, now we know Jesus, as it says in, uh, in John, Jesus is the Word, and Jesus, is, Jesus spoke. Jesus is the Creator. Jesus is God. But there was a, I hate this, I'm going to say an agreement, <laughs> but it, these, that's not, those, these are human words. But God the Father determined that, Jesus, I will send you. Because the only way I, I can create a pure love in my creation is to provide a plan of redemption. And so Adam and Eve, they fell, they sinned, they disobeyed, disobeyed God. And just as we inherited the breath of life, we've taken on, we've inherited the sin of Adam and Eve. It, it says basically from Adam. Because we, we've come from that seed. So the seed has become perverted. And it's become uh, corrupt. And, but God, God could have said, well, that's, there's nothing I can do. They've sinned, they've fallen. You know, you're on your own. But that was, that was not his plan. His plan all along was a plan, how can I rescue them and perfect their love for me in a pure way? And so again, I believe that's why God presents himself to us as a triune God. So, he, so God, God, the holy and righteous God, is in heaven. Jesus comes as the Redeemer. And then later on, the Holy Spirit will take uh, part of our lives there, in our lives there. So as I said, we saw Jesus as God the Creator, but now he's come as uh, the Messiah. Now... I, there's a lot of times on, on, on the news they're showing pictures of uh, that new telescope where they're, they're seeing the depths of the universe, uh, things that, we, that we've never seen before and that scientists who study this uh, regularly have never seen before. And they're making comments that uh, they're saying, we've, we, don't, we haven't seen this before. We don't understand why these heavenly bodies are reacting this way because they always they want to look through creation from the from the science perspective they don't they're not looking at it from God's perspective but when i see these pictures the first thing i think is my god i mean i mean i know you're a big but it's just it's it's unbelievable how awesome our god is and 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 what he has done and what he is doing and so again he he didn't just leave us uh, to our own devices, uh, he, he, he had a way he, to redeem us and to bring us into that pure love. So, so he sends Jesus, and Jesus willingly endures the cross. Now here is the God of creation taking on a human form and, and suffering and, and allowing himself to be beaten, whipped, uh, spit upon, and, and to allow the very people that he was dying to save are nailing nails into his hands and his, and his feet. And uh, even when they wanted to give him a little uh, sedative on a sponge, he said no. And as I said, that, in that time in history, for the first time, the father and the son, the father could not look upon his son because he, he was filled with sin. But God didn't leave it at that. Jesus rose from, from the grave and he defeated sin and death. But he, God didn't leave us alone because in Acts 1.8, what happened? He sent the Holy Spirit. And so we are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. And the, and the Holy Spirit gives us strength. The Holy Spirit 
doesn't make us do anything, force us to do anything. The Holy Spirit is an encourager, but also our conscience. And I know so many times that I'll do something, and instantly the Holy Spirit says, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> and uh, it happens way too often. Unfortunately, and I do feel guilty, but I'm glad. I'm glad because the sooner I recognize it, the sooner I can do something about it. And the best thing I can do is get on my knees and ask God to forgive me and give me the strength. And so God gives us that power. It's within us. But a, but a flame that is not used, it will die. The Holy Spirit doesn't give up on us. But if we ignore his advice, ignore his, his whispers in our ears, if we ignore the times when he guides our path, then he, he's, he's gonna, we will render him useless. And that is our choice. That's not his choice. He wants, he wants to guide us, as it says, the light of our, light our path, a lamp, a lamp unto our feet. He wants to guide everything we do. And I could tell you story after story uh, how, how God has come to me and answered prayer, and the Holy Spirit has helped me make decisions, right decisions, and correct my path when it's been going wrong. And, uh, and how did he do that? As I said, he did it through his son. And I just want to read uh, what it says in Hebrews. Uh, uh, it says, In the past God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of being, sustaining all things by his powerful word, after he had provided purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited and superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have become your father, or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. You know, in the Old Testament, God would speak through the prophets. So the people never had that direct communication of God. They could see what God was doing, although they quite often grew impatient, uh, as Justin was talking about. Uh, Moses got so frustrated by having to deal with the people that he, he sinned. Uh, when, he, when, he, when he struck the rock the first time for water, that was, that was a sign of, of Jesus coming and being struck. But the second time, he wasn't supposed to strike the rock because Jesus couldn't be struck again. So these are the lessons that the people of Israel were learning through their, the dialogue between the prophets and God, but they didn't have the Holy Spirit in them. They, they were living in the flesh, and when the priests went into the Holy of Holies, they had to stay outside. They couldn't get in. But now we, we have that uh, personal relationship with Jesus where we can go in to the Holies of Holies. And so that's where, like I said, that's where we can have that familiarity with God, recognizing him as a holy and a righteous God, but also being close to him as a father. And I know that, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not a father, but I, I, I see children, and you hear stories where children are constantly going to their dad and say, you know, dad, can I have this? Can I have this? I need this. I want this. That's a lot, that's a lot of what we do as well. We go to God and say, okay, father, here's my list. You know, uh, but God's not Santa Claus. He's not, he's, he's not, but he wants to bless us. See, that's what is in his heart. He wants to do this, and he will. He does in this lifetime, but that was his, his ultimate desire. 
And the other thing about Jesus is, if you remember, you know, back then, uh, there was complaining about even under even by the Jews because they didn't like this new teaching of Jesus. And you remember there's a story uh, when they had when they were, you know when when Gamaliel he got up and he was because they were complaining about the teachers Peter and John there, and he says, look, there there, there are others that have, that have that have raised up and tried to and start some kind of group, and what happens? They've all fallen away. And he says, if you if you fight against them. And they're, and, they're, and, they're, and they're false, they'll fall away. But if, but, if, but if they're real, then you're fighting against God. And so the point is, 2,000 years later, that's when that scripture was written. Well, Jesus is still alive, and people are coming to Jesus uh, every day. They're finding Jesus, because that is the Father's will. That is, that is his desire. So 2,000 years later, uh, Hebrews 2.1 says, We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. We need to pay careful attention. Because, like I said, when we go out into the world, that, that world is there. And it's pushing us, and it's telling us things, it's lying to us, it's deceiving to us, and it's just like a drug. After a while, it will affect us. If we don't, if we don't turn it back, if we don't stand against it, it will affect us. We will allow it to affect us without even really noticing it. But that's why we come to church. That's why we read our Bibles. That's why we pray. That's why we co contemplate the things of God. Uh, do not ignore these things uh, because they will take us over uh, if we're not careful. Colossians uh, 1.13-14 says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Who has done that? Well, Jesus has done that. This, again, this is the gift that the Father was sending to us, to bring us into a pure love for him. 1 Timothy 6.15 says, King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal, and who lives in an unapproachable light, no man can see. Light always uh, reveals, light reveals things. Uh, evil wants to hide in the darkness, but Jesus created light in his creation, but he is light, and he lights up the darkness in our own hearts and helps us to see things that are hindering our relationship with him. As it says in Ephesians um, 1, 3 to 8, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself, according to the pledge, good pleasures of his will. Now, the conversation of, of election, that can be an endless conversation. The fact is, how do you want to be part of the elect? And that's confess your sin you're a sinner, ask God for forgiveness and ask Jesus to come into your life and save you. That's how you become one of the elect. But the point is, is that God had provided a plan, a way. I'm sure God had, was very sad when Adam and Eve fell. Hey, he knew it was going to happen because God knows all things, but he didn't give up because he knew he had a plan and that was redemption through Jesus. Now the other thing is, you know, we, we, I don't know if you ever try to imagine what heaven's like 
And in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. This is the expression of God's, of the expression of God's heart is Jesus sent. So when we see the miraculous things that God did for, in creation, even though we live, creation is under, under, under a sin. It's, it's, it's under a veil of sin. That's why we have weeds and thorns and briars and, and, and all these things. Uh, but that will be healed. The land will be healed and we will be healed. Uh, but in 1 Corinthians, it says that you, you can't even imagine, we can't imagine what God has for us. Now, I, I'll tell you, God has blessed Annie and me a lot, a lot of physical blessings, and we appreciate that because that's, he wants to bless us. So we're thankful for all that he has provided. He blessed Solomon greatly. Solomon got a little bit overboard with some of his possessions. But see, that's God's hot desire. He wants to bless us. He wants to do good things. So no matter what we think about what heaven will be like, it, it's, we, can't, we can't imagine. The problem is when I imagine myself being in the, in the sight of God right now, I can't because I know that I'm sinful. And I can't imagine how I'd stand before him. I feel like I would just evaporate. And that would happen, theoretically, if not for the fact that when I stand before God and they call my name, Jesus will say, Father, this one's, I'm with this one. So when our God in his heart conceived a plan inspired by love and blessings and joy, he did so with a father's heart. And so his desire of all the things he could have had as God would be to love his children and to be a father. That was his, that's his greatest desire. And even though by grace are we saved through faith and that not of ourselves, we still have to make a choice. Again, we can't explain the difference between chosen and the elect and all that, but we have to make a decision for Christ. If you don't know him, then you have to make that ultimate decision to, to, to realize you're a sinner, to confess your sin to God and say, I'm sorry for my sin. Jesus, please forgive me. But as believers, we need to be, remember when uh, Jesus washed the feet, why did he do that? He was making a point. Because we walk around in the world and our feet get dirty, even though we may not plan on it. It's not our intention to go out, but the world does affect us. So we need to be cleansed and washed daily. Those are decisions we have to make. You can't just ignore your Christianity. You have to live it and you have to work at it. Because we, speaking for myself, I fail pretty much as soon as I get done praying. I get up, I pray, and I get up. And, and, and failure is not far because my flesh has so much to say to me. Jim, do this, say this, act this way. And I, far too often I let it win. But the Holy Spirit says, that's, don't do that. That's wrong. Okay, Father, I'm sorry. Let's try again. But that's, that's the goal of Jesus. That's the goal of the Holy Spirit. But choose to be the elect. Make a decision. Choose Jesus and call on his name and you'll be forgiven. Jesus always says yes. You know, sometimes God says no because we choose our own way. But God uh, sent Jesus and Jesus always says yes. So, again, my, my, my objective this morning was just to encourage you and encourage myself to have a personal relationship with our Father in heaven. Respect his holiness. 
Respect his grace and his mercy, but have a personal relationship with him. Just like he's there, he is there. We don't see him, I see him in his creation. I, people say, prove to me there's a God. Well, why don't you open your eyes and look? Because it's there. I mean, I look, everything I look at God created, the different kind of uh, flowers, uh, vegetables, uh, just, he, he, he's such an amazing God. I can't understand the mind of God. He's too big for me. But one thing I know where Jesus, where God gets smaller is where he loves me because he's approachable. And I have, and I have a personal relationship with him and I want that to grow and be very close so that when I stand before him, He's my father. He's there. He's my friend. He's, it's already established. I don't have to build a relationship with him when I get to heaven. I can do it now. So that, that was my objective today, just to encourage you, encourage myself uh, to seek him out, get on your knees, talk to him daily, talk to him all day long, but have a personal relationship with him. And if you don't know Jesus, then uh, and find Jesus. Call out his name and he'll answer you. So let's pray. Father, just thank you for your love for us. We know that it, it's, uh, it's complete, it's pure, and you, you proved it by sending Jesus to rescue us. And uh, Jesus, thank you for you and what you did. You endured the cross because of my sin. And, you know, for, you know, for years I always thought it was just a general thing, but now I believe that you died just for me. And uh, you, you would have done that for each one of us, but uh, you suffered uh, all that indignity and pain. Uh, because you loved us, and that's the true vision of what love is. So, Father, I just pray for anyone who has to make that decision, Lord, that you just encourage them uh, to make that decision for Jesus and, and to choose life, Father. We give you the praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Thank you, and uh, let's just stand, and we'll sing uh, a worship song.